Welcome to Hey Siri, a podcast about psychology, relationships, and most importantly, piping hot tea. Sit down, take a sip, and remember to subscribe as resident pop culture expert Zochi and struggling PhD student Siri take you through the what, why, and how of relationship research and what that means for your non-scientifically researched relationships. All of this research is coming out all the time, but academic literature can be intimidating and difficult to connect to real life. So let us do it for you. Siri will tell us all about what research is taking the psychology world by storm. On today's episode, she will tell us all about long distance relationships. Are they good? Are they bad? Are they gonna ruin your relationship or make it stronger? After hearing the research and evidence for or against LDRs, Zochi will baselessly speculate on people we do not know. Celebrities. Today, Zoch will be discussing the relationship and breakup of Vanessa Hudgens and Austin Butler. So, first we're going to dive into the research. I found a paper published in March 2021. Oh, recently. Very recently. I'm only looking for ones from 2021. As we get further into 2021, I may do like the last six months. Well, it's also interesting to see because I'm sure COVID affected a lot of research. Oh my God, so much. So anything before 2020 is kind of obsolete to me at this yeah. point. They don't understand what we've been through. Yeah. And I will say as a little sneak peek into hopefully something that will be coming from my lab soon is actually a study looking at relationships and intimacy in the time of COVID. Wow. So Can you get in trouble for that? <laughs> I'm not under NDR or anything. Secret. I'm NDA. I think it's fine. It's an NDR. I'm non Do not resuscitate this paper if it doesn't work out. If my <laughs> hypothesis is wrong, just let it die. Oh, my God. No. So, yeah. So, this was actually, um, unlike the last paper we looked at, this was an undergraduate honors thesis. And they just made it open source, basically, for anyone to read. So, not a professor. <laughs> no. Or... It was an undergraduate student. And she was the only author on the paper, too. So I was like, oh, get it, girl. So this was <laughs> Knessa Copeland. Oh, God. Is her name actually Vanessa? And I put it wrong? Oh, no. I no, hope I think, not. Maybe. Ms. Copeland. <laughs> Presumably bachelor's BA at this point, or BS. She is at the University of Nebraska. And she published a paper titled Relational Dialectics in College LDRs, Managing the Tensions of Long-Distance Dating in College. So even though she's an undergrad, I'm assuming this paper has been peer-reviewed by others yeah, well, in the her, field. by her committee. Right. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So, it so it's kosher. It's you know it's kosher. It's kosher. And, and it was also I mean this is a qualitative study too. So um, most of the peer review was just like how did you do your analyses, but the actual results are based on basically interviews. So like reading people's essays about how they feel. <laughs> That's qualitative research. I love that. Yeah. I'm a qualitative researcher. <laughs> I read People magazine. A lot of sociology is, like, very qualitative. So, so yeah, so, I mean, part of, you know, what makes research so inaccessible can be terms like relational dialectic. Yeah, what is a dialectic? So, a dialectic um, kind of refers to the investigation of opposing or contradictory viewpoints. Okay. So in this case, they're looking at how a person may view a relationship or aspects of their relationship, both positively and negatively, like coexisting. There are negative aspects, there are positive aspects. Sometimes a negative aspect could be turned into a positive. Okay. So it's just your feelings. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. And so... Yeah, I don't know if they had to come up with dialectics <laughs> for feels. <laughs> it's bad. It's actually, that comes from psychotherapy. Um, this, it's, they have dialectic therapy. Um 
that's often used for people who have like borderline personality disorder or bipolar because they have very black and white thinking. Mm. And so dialectics, and it's interesting because there's cultural differences too, where Americans tend to have very, um, or I guess um, individualistic cultures, mm -hmm. tend to have very black and white thinking, whereas in a lot of collectivist cultures, they are very comfortable with synthesizing opposing viewpoints and thinking both, you know, up two opposing viewpoints can be true and exist at the same time and they're totally fine with that and and individualist cultures are so not fine with that yes i feel like the fact that we have a two-party system yeah well is, exactly. uh... yeah yeah i know Back so america's paper. in a toxic relationship Stop. all right <laughs> so long distance relationships are becoming more common among emerging adults as more and more people go to colleges that are spread out across the country um, and researchers, this was crazy to me, researchers estimate that between 25 and 40% of college students are currently in a long-distance relationship. Huh. Yeah. Does, well, I also suppose that a lot of freshmen come into college with high school partners. Yes, that's probably a big part of it. Meeting people from other schools, um, that kind of thing. And, you know, other researchers estimated that up to 75% of college students had at one time been in a long-distance relationship. Wow. Three quarters. I mean, I have. And yes. I, while I was in college. I have not. I don't have the patience. <laughs> and so, again, like I said, this is a qualitative study. So they're looking at people's perceptions and their thoughts. And, you know, one, th one thing that they want to look at is kind of communication, right? In, in relationships, communication is really important. In long-distance relationships, you can imagine... That's the only thing you have. Exactly. Literally the only thing you have. So relationship research usually focuses on the positives of communication. Like, it's great. But there can be a dark side to communication behavior. Um, you know, you can communicate, but it can be unclear or rude or dismissive you can also communicate too much yeah or too much yeah. i don't need to know everything about me that annoys you i know it's quite <laughs> a few some back, yeah some back. that's a mystery to this <laughs> i don't know but on the other hand there can be positive outcomes from negative communication too was that just like constructive criticism constructive criticism is one definitely and we know that criticism can be beneficial in relationships you use right but even just Hearing someone be rude to you and be like, I don't want to be with you. And the next person I'm with, they're not going to do this to me. That is that realization. Can be really That's positive. good? You can be really positive. Not for this relationship. Not for this relationship. Oh my God. For your life. That was horrible. <laughs> so, I mean, contrary, I think, to popular opinion in general, long distance relationships are associated with a lot of positive outcomes like healthy behavior high patience and high levels of trust. So you learn what not to do. No, I mean, even like generally in long distance relationships, I would say like they are generally positive, mm -hmm. right? Um, and, and a lot of it is because you kind of have to be more trusting of a partner when you're far away from them. Right. You have to be better at communicating. Um, you have to be more patient. You know, there's all these really positive outcomes for your relationship. And then if you make it and you don't break up, that's going to carry over when you then are not when you're with them and when you're living with them. So I'm just going to assume that the goal of all long distance relationships is to at some point end up in the same place, in the same. That's interesting. Yeah. And does the longevity, if you know that you have that endpoint, I wonder if that sways 
the effect that it has on your relationship so rather than... So we talk about oh, that good. in this paper. Good, good, yeah, good. exactly. Yeah, so, I mean, you know, there's positive things. On the other hand, there's negative things. You know, research has shown that couple partners in long-distance relationships are prone to jealousy, stress, um, depressive symptoms. Of course. Um, and Copeland, um, the author of the current study, she grounded her research in relational dialectics theory. So this is an interpretive lens through which you can ascertain the meaning-making that's associated with competing desires in partner communication. So what that, you know, means is every person has their own needs and desires, and they don't always match up with your partner's needs and desires and so individual level struggles can include like connection versus autonomy or openness versus closedness and then there are relationship level struggles like public versus private stability versus change so there's all these competing needs and she wanted to kind of look at those in the context of long distance relationships so her research questions so again like i said this is qualitative which means that you're looking at people's um, interviews or in this case they're writing um, and so you don't she didn't really have hypotheses instead she wanted to find out what tensions college students experience in LDRs long distance relationships how they manage these tensions and their perception of how their LDR affects their personal well-being so who is involved in the study well it was a baby sample it was a little sample it was 23 heterosexual college students only what? Because, listen, when you have qualitative data, you're asking people to sit down and write for, like, two hours. Oh, okay. Or or talk for two hours. Right. So the sample sizes are usually much smaller than in quantitative research where you just have people fill out uh, a, a questionnaire. Right. Yeah. This is a commitment. This it is, yes. And um, so the students were between 17 and 24 years old. Um, she said were an average of 17 to 24, which confused me because that's a range, not an average, but yes. that's okay. <laughs> and all of them were involved in a long-distance relationship, and she defined this as one where they didn't see one another on a day-to-day -day basis. So they didn't need to be in different countries, but there needed to be some component of geographic distance. Right, so they could be like <laughs> another county over, but yes. if they're only seeing each other once a month. Yes. Yes. Exactly. And the participants had to be dating but not married. In their, they had to be in an yeah, LDR. Yeah, because being married changes your long distance yes, relationship quite a bit. A hundred, it must. And then they had to be in an LDR or recently broken up from one. Oh, okay. And to have been dating that partner for at least six months. Okay, that's a good chunk. Yeah, especially and for seventeen. It, well, exactly. That's the thing. Is like these are young people. Yeah. <laughs> six months is a really long time. And like the last study they recruited using social media and college classes, that appears to be the way research is going. We used to only recruit in college classes. Now, um, it does appear that, like, posting on your social media is a thing. And I have done that. Yeah. <laughs> it's just such... Take my study! It's a resource that you can't leave untapped. Yes. I mean, how many Facebook friends do we have, right, each person? Like, 400 people that can take our study. So, uh, this survey, or this study was completed entirely online so once each participant agreed to participate they filled out the, out the survey online um other than the demographics so like how old are you what is your race all of the questions were open-ended hmm. so they asked participant to write out their answer like i said instead of choosing an answer from like a scale mm -hmm. so a sample question was in what ways has your long distance relationship supported your experience as a college student please provide an example 
And then the responses were coded using thematic analysis. So I've done this. It takes a long time. <laughs> Basically, you go through and sort the responses into common themes. You look at like what common thread connects these responses or portions of responses. Oh my god. Um, so it it's like where the vibes time. the same? Yeah, it takes a very long time. You have to have multiple researchers doing it so that they can kind of go like, how should I phrase this? Or what, what theme best represents this? Um, and one thing that's really big in thematic analysis that I have used as well is using grounded theory. So you don't start with hypotheses. This is entirely an exploration. You rely 100% on what the people are saying. You have no preconceived notions. Mm. You're just looking at what did they say and how can we interpret this? Okay, that's interesting. Yeah, it's, it's really, it is interesting. So what, what she said, what Copeland said, is they let the data speak for itself. Nice. I like that. Yeah. I feel like there's a lot of preconceived notions that come with long-distance relationships. Yeah, so yeah, they kind of had to put that aside to, to do this. So results. <laughs> so their first research question, like I mentioned, was what tensions do college students experience in a long distance relationship? And, you know, we mentioned that they were looking at dialectic relationship theory. And so they looked at these kind of opposing forces. So the first one was connection versus independence. So having a long distance relationship makes it easier to retain individual autonomy is what the participants said. Of course. So specifically, they said it actually gives them a lot more time to focus on their schoolwork. Right. And on the other hand, the need for connection that you're not really getting on a, a day-to-day or stable basis can be distressing. And participants specifically wrote about how it was hard to feel like they were constantly waiting for a message from their partner. Oh, no. Like, wanting to hear from them. And then also just having to have those long phone calls to catch up can be stressful. Right. You know, if you're only talking once a week and you got to get through everything. Yeah. <laughs> it puts so much pressure on it. Yes. And then if it, like, can't happen. Yeah. Ugh. Exactly. Or even God. when it does happen, it's like, you know, you're, especially I'm thinking like with conflict, right, which is a normative part of relationships. Um, if you're only talking once a week, then there's conflicts that are brewing, but maybe you don't want to ruin your time by engaging in that needed right. conflict. And so you just want to like put it aside so you guys can have yeah. a good time together because you don't have a lot of time together. Right. But that builds resentment. Yeah. And it exactly. makes it worse. And then one of the other tensions was predictability versus novelty. So, you know, they said having a romantic partner often offers a sense of stability, someone who's always there for you. On the other hand, it was really nice for these these participants because they were able to keep up the novelty partly because their relationships are long distance. Oh yeah, it makes it so much, I mean, distance makes the heart grow fonder. Yeah, and like just like, you know, your partner comes to visit you and you go to all these places and you have fun and then they leave and then there's the novelty of of connecting with them in different ways. Like, you know, we play Jackbox games. Yeah. That's a way to connect. You Every don't time you hang out with them, it's a vacation. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, they really got the best of both worlds with that, with the stableness of the partner. But on the other hand, like, everything's still new and exciting. Right. And then balancing time. It's a really big one. So long-distance relationships can require more time um, just because you're, you know, like I said, constantly trying to keep in touch, schedule time to see them, like, text... Um, and it's, it's just kind of more difficult to, to foster that connection than in non-long distance relationships because it takes more effort. Um, especially because 
you know, you're staying in touch with them separately from the rest of your social network. Right. So, you know, the participants describe challenges in time management related to balancing time spent on their relationship, just time spent on themselves, their social life, and school. And specifically, like, how it's so difficult to work those long phone calls with their partner around the rest of their lives. Right, especially if you're dealing with, like, different time zones. Yes. That's messed up. Yep. (laughs) Or even just disparate schedules. Yeah. You're not on the same schedule. You're not sharing your life in the same way that you would if they were there. Right. And then the last one, FOMO versus living in the moment. (laughs) So the final theme was kind of this interplay between fear of missing out and living in the moment. I'm sure you can imagine how, like, you don't want to miss out on what's going on around you because you're thinking about your partner who's not with you. But on the other hand, you don't want to miss out on that time with them. So they talked about how hard it was to actually live in the moment and enjoy themselves without their partner. Um, but also to take time with their partner away from what was going on around them. True. You know? And it is hard, like, when you're having a good time and your partner's not there, a little part of you, I feel like, is like, oh, Yeah. <laughs> I wish I could be sharing this moment. Exactly. And you're missing them, and it's definitely, like, that distraction of knowing that they're not there. Yeah. So then, um, Copeland wanted to see, well, how do you manage these tensions? And there were three main kind of coping strategies. Mm-hmm. So the first was selection, which is basically just straight up choosing one option over the other. So, for example, um, when uh, one of these participants was faced with the challenge of balancing time between their relationship and schoolwork, they said it was simple. School comes first. That makes sense. They're in college. Yeah. Every, I mean, school comes first, relationship, and everything else comes second. Um, but on the other hand, you know, another participant said that she didn't hang out with her friends a lot because her whole schedule was organized around when her partner was available to talk. Oh. So that's the other extreme of selecting your relationship over everything else. Yeah, that's hard. And I also suppose it's difficult because when you hang out, go to hang out with friends, you know, that's multiple people. You can go hang out as a group, whereas having a one-on-one with your partner is such a different means of right. social interaction. Like, right. you're just missing out on a whole section of hanging out with people. Yeah. And then, you know, this kind of was repeated by other students for various reasons. Some said they didn't go to parties because their partner would be jealous. Oh, no. <laughs> or another said that she didn't socialize much at all because she was closer with her partner's friends than those on her own college oh, campus. Oh, no. This is breaking my heart. And then... First of all, that first one, that was a red yeah. flag. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's... It's... There's some red flags that come up. That and then, relationship wouldn't be good not long distance. <laughs> I know. Well, I, you know, honestly... There's going to be warning signs that carry, but that's not based on the distance, but it's based on your relationship yeah. itself. And then other students um, made the biggest selection. Uh, they just broke up with their partner oh. to focus more on their own life. Damn. Okay. So that's a selection right there. They said, fuck them kids. <laughs> yeah. They were like, never mind, actually. Thank you. Um, and then another less kind of black and white uh, coping mechanism or management strategy was segmentation or separation. And so this just involves choosing one option over the other at different times. So they may schedule they may schedule spending time with friends um, and acknowledge that during this time they wouldn't be available to their partner. Um, or they would prioritize different things at different times. So like schoolwork is number one during exam season. But during the summer, their romantic partner and their relationship is number one. Very cute. Yeah. So, I mean, this worked really well for students um, 
because they said that basically maintaining that separation allowed them to live in the moment. So whatever they were doing or whoever they were with at that time got their full attention. Yeah, I like that. And it's also that open communication that we were saying is the only thing that can make it work. Yes. Like... And they weren't fubbing their partner. No fubbing. (laughs) It would be really hard to fub. Like, that would be... It would be pointed. I've been on the phone and a long phone too all sometimes and, like, opened (laughs) up Facebook. (laughs) no! What's going on over there? (laughs) And then the last management strategy was reframing. And it's so funny because this is actually a term you hear a lot in therapy. And when I worked in social services and someone was complaining, we would joke that they, like, oh, you just need to reframe. (laughs) It's like, basically, it's about seeing a situation in a positive light or finding positive aspects where you had previously only seen it as negative. It's an attitude adjustment. It is an attitude adjustment. So one way that participants engaged in reframing was by making the most out of the limited contact they had with their significant other. Um, Because you can see it as this opportunity for like truly meaningful connection rather than a limitation. Um, And so part of reframing in the experiences of the participants was to accept that they weren't truly in control. So, you know, when it comes time to finding time to talk with your partner, you just kind of have to go with the flow. Schedules change, like circumstances change. And I think it also speaks to the solid, solidness, solidity, stability, stability, oh, well. <laughs> well, you're a scientist with your fancy <laughs> phrases, but um, I think it speaks to the stability of a relationship to be like, hey, I'm so sorry I knew that we were going to plan to hang out tonight, but this thing just happened. Like, exactly. I need to go to work. Uh, my friend needs my help with a crisis. I and then called into a shift. Like exactly. Anything. Part of that, you know, part of them the is going to be... The lab blew up. <laughs> the lab blew up. Just randomly. And I think part of them is always going to be disappointed. Yeah. But I think the way that they react to that disappointment is the most uh, key factor in right. whether or not that relationship is going to work out And well. it comes back to reframing, too, is like, oh, wow, this sucks. But on the other hand, I have this time open to do something else. Yes. So. No, I can eat. Yeah, exactly make myself a four-course dinner. So the last question was, how do LDRs shape individual well-being? Um, And many, many participants saw their LDRs as enhancing their personal well-being in many ways. So, you know, your partner is a significant source of social support, someone who can rely on and comfort you when you're stressed. Um, The relationship and their partner was seen as a source of motivation. So they complete school assignments on schedule because afterwards they call their partner. Or they're motivated to succeed in school by their shared vision of their future together. You were saying, you see this future together. It's there. And you just need to finish what you're doing, do well, and get there. Having an end goal is so important. Yeah. 100%. And especially when you're in a situation that could be stressful, right? Um, Seeing an end to it is, is helpful. And the students also believe that their LDR enhanced their communication competence. So when they were with their partner, their focus wasn't divided between anything else because they were so happy to be in touch with them. So going back back to fubbing, it turns out that undivided attention to your romantic partner when you're spending quality time together. Yeah, it's actually a good thing. (laughs) Very good thing. So those of us who are not in long distance relationships, should we sort of like make ourselves scarce? Should we play hard to get? Our Um, partners will be falling over themselves. That's interesting. And I, I've always heard that, like, absence doesn't actually make the heart grow fonder. But who really knows? I'd, I'll have to find an article on that. It clearly <laughs> makes them excited. Yeah. I mean, it does, you know. You're like, oh, you're here. 
Um, and many student, students actually noted that their relationship operated on the principle of quality over quantity. So even if they didn't get to text or phone much, the communication they did have was really meaningful and um, just really connected them. Right. So, I mean, that's a benefit too. Um, and then other students who broke up with their LDR partner um, mentioned that their relationship helped them to understand what they really wanted out of a partner. And we were talking about this, like the negative parts of their relationship helped them learn what they wanted to improve on in their next relationship. So that can be a benefit too. And are these only people who broke up with their partner or are these people who also got dumped? You know what? She didn't note that. Interesting. That wasn't noted in the study. But I could also see that being true for dumpies. Yes. I definitely think so. You know? And then some students said they wouldn't do an LDR again, but others actually said, no, actually, this is a great relationship. Like, I really enjoyed it. I it gave it really, me a template. I think it's, like, non-exclusivity. Mm-hmm. I think it just depends on the couple truly. Yeah. I think, like, there is no black or white like it's right or it's wrong i Mm -hmm. think it's just like if that works for you as a couple hell yeah yes but there are also factors that will impair or enhance your ability to make it work yes definitely yeah and then and then you know as a final point the students ldrs help them with their own personal growth so you know personal skills like organization scheduling and independence were kind of nurtured and emphasized by their participation in the LDR because they had to be good at those things. Um, you have to be independent when you don't have a partner constantly there to support you physically at a party. Mm-hmm. You kind of have to buck up, you know, and chat with other people. Life hack, don't go to the party. <laughs> Do go to the party. <laughs> um, but not all students had perfect experiences, right? So, And what was interesting to me is that all of the things that they said were negatives as part of their LDR, I was like, most of these, um, 90% are things that you would find in a non-long distance relationship. So they said, um, you know, their relationship was impeding on their other relationships. So they weren't hanging out with friends because they were busy trying to keep in touch with their partner, Mm -hmm. which I feel like happens a lot in the early stages of relationships. I feel like that is very common relationships is that all of a sudden you're spending so much time with your partner and not your friends yeah and then they said uh it was detracting from their schoolwork because you know they were focusing on the relationship over their assignments again girl do your homework pretty common (laughs) and then specifically their health students wrote about how their ldr made them feel you know stressed and lonely um i think the loneliness maybe partially unique to LDRs and many of them actually specifically said that late night calls with their partner you know those hours long calls because of busy schedules or time zone differences um kind of you know threatened their sleep yeah and then they were just exhausted and we know and we'll go over this in a future podcast episode the effects that lack of sleep can have on people and their relationships it's bad it's not good people need sleep i really really <laughs> So, I mean, in general, you know, it appears that, like, in all relationships, LDRs are what you make them. They're stressful, they can be hard at times, but they can also be really wonderful and healthy experiences with proper boundaries, expectations, and a positive perspective. It's a very good takeaway. Thank you, I wrote it myself. (laughs) Okay, so what's the connection here? So... Today we're going to be talking about uh, Vanessa Hudgens and Austin Butler. 
Okay, I don't know who Austin Butler okay. is. Okay, <laughs> once again, I was very much sure that you had very little idea of either Vanessa of these Hudgens people. I actress. Yes! Okay. And I actually didn't really know was Austin. Was she in Bad Moms? No. Oh, no, I don't know who she is. <laughs> <laughs> Vanessa is an American actress from California. She's been in a lot of movies, not Bad Moms, <laughs> and TV shows, but I think by far she's most known for her role as Gabriella in High School Musical. No idea. Okay. You've never seen <laughs> <No>. it. <laughs> She also fairly recently got heat on the internet because she posted some truly unhinged videos of herself explaining why COVID isn't serious and how... No! Yeah, and how the only people dying from it were going to die anyway. Oh. Which is very interesting because I feel like we're all going to die That's anyway. That's disappointing. Yeah, exactly. Like, I'd rather die 80 years from now. Please. I'd like to say that this was towards the very beginning where people genuinely didn't have any information or access to information on how deadly and damaging it is. But mm -hmm. it was far enough into the pandemic that she should have known better. Oh my God. And she's not a doctor or a scientist, so I don't <laughs> know why she felt the need to share her thoughts on the matter. Nevertheless, we still love her. Kisses, she Vanessa. She uh, her degree from Google University. <laughs> you should have seen her in these videos, too. She oh had God, just woken up. Bad? Her hair was a mess. Oh. No judgment, girl. But uh, run a comb through it before what you start talking about COVID. What was she doing the night before? Before? That's like, Maybe that had to do with Austin it. Butler. Okay is another American actor. You may know him as Tex Watson in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood because apparently people saw that movie. I did not. I did not see the movie. Hot take. Leonardo DiCaprio only deserved an Oscar for What's Eating Gilbert Grape. And the fact that he didn't get it in, from that movie made people so, so mad that. that they turned it into a meme. And he hasn't actually deserved an Oscar since yeah. then. Especially not, I'm sorry, The Revenant, please don't come for me. Okay, I just realized I actually walked out of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Because it was theaters. so bad? Because I was just like, ooh, I don't think I'm the intended audience. <laughs> no. I'm going to go see, I think, what was it, Ant-Man was out at the time? Yes. I walked over to Ant-Man. <laughs> I will tell you, the intended audience for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is as follows. Quentin Tarantino, yes. white men, Austin Butler's age and above. <laughs> That's it. So he was in that as yes. Tex Watson. Um, you may also know him as that guy who kept appearing as an extra in a bunch of Disney shows like Drake and Josh and Hannah Montana. We never saw either of those. No. Love you, Austin Butler. We were Butler. PBS kids. <laughs> we were. Time War Trio kids. Yeah. Or you may be like me and Siri and have no idea who this guy is other than Vanessa Hudgens' boyfriend. Or is that the guy they cast as Elvis? And yes. By the way, really, he is playing Elvis in a movie coming out in 2022. I have to look at his photo. Can I look him up right now? You can. He's very vampire-y. Like he's got dark hair. He dyed it. I think he used to be okay. blonde. You know what? I can see him as Elvis. Maybe he's very Whoa, handsome. He is so unfamiliar. I I swear I've never seen him before. In my life. I don't think you've ever seen him. Truly, I don't think you've ever seen Did him. Did he dye his hair, or was his hair? I think he's blonde, and he dyed his hair dark. Okay. Because he was blonde for a very long time when he was young. Okay. And I don't feel like young men are dying their you hair blonde. You know what? Blonde. I feel like Vanessa Hudgens was in Bad Moms. Hudgens, Bad Moms. I would be embarrassed. I didn't see Bad Moms. No, she No, wasn't. she wasn't. I'm, I'm I making was right. it up. I'm I know. totally making it up. I know you, Vanessa. <laughs> so, they first met on the set of High School Musical, funnily oh, enough. okay. All the way back in 2006. Adorable. Yeah. But they didn't start dating until five years later in 2011. Okay. And when they met, Vanessa was actually dating Zac Efron. But apparently she and Austin became friends. Solid. That's fine. 
So Vanessa and Zach dated for four years before breaking up in 2010. And then in September the next year, 2011, Austin is seen leaving her house and there are some paparazzi pics of them kissing in a restaurant. And then I looked into this kiss in a restaurant and apparently it was a group hang. Wait, I thought you said that they didn't start dating until 2011. This is September the next year. Oh, so, but you said they dated for four... Oh, Zach, Vincent and Sam, Zach dated and then broke up in 2010. Yes. And then they kissed, she and Austin kissed in a restaurant. Yes, and he's seen leaving her house. Okay. Wow. Okay. Scandalous. Moving fast. So apparently that kiss in the restaurant is a group hang. It's hard to get concrete details <laughs> on some of these hangouts because it happened in 2011. That's a long time I ago. I feel like that's something that teens do. Like, they'll hang out and just make out but- with only Vanessa and Austin were kissing, so it wasn't okay, just that's a casual weird. kiss hangout. That feels... They weren't just playing spin the bottle. Targeted. In a Bob's, uh, I can't remember what restaurant they were in, something like Bob's Burgers and Milkshakes. <laughs> I love it. I love LA. So in January of 2012, this is the next year, mm-hmm. they're seen on a double date with another actor, Daniel Panabaker, and her boyfriend. Yes, I only cl- included the uh, name Daniel Panabaker because I love saying it. Good name. I don't even know who Danielle Panabaker's boyfriend is. <laughs> I don't think we need to know unless his name is also something like Panabaker. The next month, they're at a red carpet event together, and this is when people think, oh, you know, Vanessa and Austin are confirming that they are together. Okay, so they've been together for a few months, yeah. and they're going public. And then in April, they're apparently Coachella official, okay, what which is, that? <laughs> is, I guess, just more confirmation because you really only go to Coachella, apparently, if you are, like, locked in. So, they are super, super lovey-dovey with each other and take part in a lot of P- PDA. Ooh, I don't like PDA. No, and I actually also have a lot of thoughts about the outfits they wore to this Coachella. And I want to be fair because it was 2012, but she's 100% wearing a fake little, like, native chic sort of headband with the feather. It's it's obviously It's so cringy. Native she American has, inspired. She has face paint on. I'm looking at it right And now. an arm cuff, and it is embarrassing. He has some sort of embroidery on his hat that I'm not happy about he is what he has is not a good look because it's not a good look what she has is not a good look because it's cultural appropriation it's truly embarrassing (laughs) i'm sorry guys in september of 2012 that same year the couple takes a vacation to italy together and make out literally the entire time and i cannot find an account describing their relationship where they aren't (laughs) two steps away from having sex that's kind of impressive because they're like a year into their relationship they've been together they would have been like okay let's actually have dinner and, like, talk. <laughs> to be fair, they're both beautiful people. They are. Maybe that's just what it's like when... I mean, when he's okay. He's fine. She's a goddess. She's beautiful. She's a bit culturally appropriative and cringy, but she's a goddess, <laughs> I have to say. The next year, they take another vacation to Vegas. They're still having a great time. Everyone's still saying their hands were all sorts of over each other. But it's, it's Vegas. Vegas. It's, it's Vegas. Vegas. Yeah. And they're drinking. I had a drink in my hand every minute when I was in Vegas. Yes. In August 2014... And I was at a Star Trek convention, so... I assume it's worse when you're not a nerd. (laughs) I feel like nerds are more sexually weird than normal people (laughs) on average. Have you ever met a band kid? No. Yeah. Not really. Drama kids? Theta kids? I'm good. Yeah. I feel like the nerds are the ones who are actually sleeping with everybody. Oh my god. In August 2014... 
Vanessa makes a super sappy Instagram post for Austin's birthday. The caption reads, Yesterday was the love of my life's birthday. Happy birthday to the man with the kindest heart, beautiful soul, crazy talent, and best looks I've ever seen. He never stops inspiring me in every aspect of life and always lifts those around him up higher. I thank God so greatly for blessing the world 23 years ago by creating Austin Butler. Okay, two, two points here. First of all, he's only 23 years old at this point. Yes. Okay. Second of all... And I think she's actually younger than him. Um, second of all, I did not have vows at my wedding, so I have never written anything like this for <laughs> anyone, and I just feel like this could be much more than an Instagram post. She could have used this as a poem. She could have written it in the sky. Like, it feels like a waste It's to put this in an Instagram post. It is very, very deep for yes. an instagram it's, post it's a lot this is something i would maybe say to someone in private right not on not the internet in front of Especially like literally hundreds of thousands of people millions Mill yes she's millions. famous especially because especially considering at this point in their nearly four year long relationship austin has not posted vanessa on any of his social oh, media that's accounts. a hell no i really think that's a red flag for years these are two famous people these are not two schmoes that's weird i would think it was weird if it was two schmoes yes seriously. put her on your Four instagram years. what's wrong with and you and he was i'm assuming he was active on social yes. media yes. during that time not as much as she is to be fair right active he has social media but accounts. he's posted during those four years yes so moving forward very sadly, in September of 2014, Austin's mother passed away. Mm. He made a really nice tweet about it saying just, like, how much he missed her, and it was beautiful. And Vanessa retweeted his message with the added caption, I miss you already, mama. Hashtag RIP Lori Butler. Hashtag celebrate Lori. Spread the love for Lori. Calling, calling her mama. His I mother. Ha I don't call my mother-in-law mom. Like, that's not, that's crazy. That's very... That's very familiar. And the fact, and, and at that, like, with someone who hasn't mentioned you on social media. They're definitely exclusive and publicly dating. But no, he has not that's put serious, her on though. his that's social That's more media. than, like, casual dating. To yes. be that close with your partner's family. Yes. In August of 2015. So, that tweet was in September of 2014. Mm -hmm. In August of 2015. August. It's almost a year later. Yes. Austin throws up a photo of Vanessa. Okay. She's wearing a gorgeous lace top. The sun's behind her, and she's looking so beautiful. It's amazing. The photo does not have a caption. Oh, that's sus. Just I really just quick, recalling it. that Bible verse <laughs> that <laughs> she wrote like, to him. Austin 2410. <laughs> like, Austin. And, and also just... I don't know. I feel like if you're going to throw up a photo of your partner, like, it's nice to say something. If you if you put up a photo of yourself, yeah, sure, who cares, don't have a caption. But your partner, it, like, needs some addressing. But also, like, and I feel so like... so beautiful. Hashtag luckiest man in the world. Yeah, here's the thing. I feel like he's not acknowledging. I feel like Austin Butler doesn't fully understand that he is dating Vanessa Hudgens. Yeah. What? I, okay. He doesn't appreciate that. He should be... She should be all over his instagram <laughs> anyway a few days i was more offended by it than she was apparently <laughs> because a few days later she interviews with entertainment tonight and says this about her relationship with austin 
quote, it's important to put that other person first. If you're constantly looking for ways that you can make them happy and they're constantly looking for ways that they can make you happy, then you kind of lift each other up as much as possible and you can't go wrong. Um, so she's the only one doing the lifting here. Like, she's doing some heavy lifting. So first of all, she's Vanessa Hudgens. Yeah. And she looks the way that Vanessa Hudgens looks. Yeah. And she has the money and power that Vanessa Hudgens has. <laughs> this is revealing a lot about you. <laughs> and I'm sorry, I love Vanessa Hudgens. And also, she's throwing him up on her social media constantly. Exactly. Being only a loving and supporting and, girlfriend. Yeah, the and now in interviews and the kindness. She's talking yeah. about how it's important to put, it's all about putting the other person first and making them happy and they will make you happy back. So she's the perfect girlfriend so far. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know everything that happens behind closed doors. She sounds great. Yeah. In February of 2016, Vanessa performed as Rizzo in Greece right after her father passed away. Oh. And it was actually, I, I, it was literal hours. It was, oh, my God. It was, re, it was so, and it was cancer, so it was a long fight. It was horrible. Um, I remember that happening, actually. I just remember hearing about it. And she was fantastic as Rizzo, by the way. And it was yeah. a hugely emotional time for her. And she did amazingly, and in that performance even, uh, shockingly enough, she's incredible. And after the performance, Austin tweets, Wow, at Vanessa Hudgens singing Worst Things had me in tears. Just brilliant. I just want to point out, no mention of her father. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's weird. So I wonder if he felt that same familiarity with her family that she right. felt with his. Right. Because after his mom passed, she was she saying, was I miss you, mom. saying, like, I miss you. Yes. But he's only talking about her and her performance. A little bit of inequality there. Yes. It's very cold to me. It doesn't seem like something, a boyfriend of five years. No, absolutely not. A couple weeks after that, and Vanessa posts a photo that she quickly deleted of her and Austin's names carved into a rock during a trip to Sedona. Mm -hmm. Uh, The reason she took this photo down has nothing to do with their relationship. It's because they were on that cringy shit again. And it turns out they carved them into one of the red rocks, which is super not okay. Oh, no. And after an investigation done by the Red Rock Ranger District no. of the Coconino... Oh, they had their own ranger yes. district. That's how not okay. <laughs> of the Coconino National Forest, Vanessa was fined $1,000 for defacing the national park. Oh, my God. Maybe... I just don't get it. I wanted to give her the benefit of the doubt, but girl, with that with that Coachella outfit and the COVID videos, I feel That's like she just That's a celebrity needs... rich person thing to do, though. It was a little bit cringe, yeah. girl. And also, $1,000, I feel like that's $10 to her. Well, yeah. For, I mean, seriously. Not to judge. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> okay. In okay. July of 2016, they take another trip to Italy, and later that month, Ashley Tisdale, who co-starred with Vanessa in High School Musical, where they met, mm-hmm. uh, praises the couple in an interview, saying, I mean, it's great, because Austin was my best friend since way before they got together, so it's just nice to have your two best friends be in a relationship. Very cute. That's cute. That sounds like their friends are in. That's nice. Sick. They only have one parent each to worry about at this point. Oh, my Sick. God. Sorry, guys. In 2017, this is the beginning. Okay. In yeah. 2017, Austin starts filming in New Zealand, so the couple decide to do long distance. Vanessa posts about it, saying how much it sucks and how much she misses him, and in an interview, she said the way they were making it work is just communication. Communication is key. I think that if anything's bothering you, don't hold it in. Always bring it up and just talk about it. Uncensor yourself and just be open. So that's what they talked about in the paper is, like, how important communication competence is. Yes, and clearly she believes in 100% 
No right. negative. Well, I don't or know positive. if we need to go that far. Uncensor yourself. Yeah. Open no, I yourself. Mean, there's some things you want to keep private. In December of 2017, engagement rumors are going oh. around, and they're so intense that Vanessa posted a picture of a new haircut where she was wearing a ring, mm-hmm. and people freaked out so hard that she had to jump back online and say, "I'm not engaged." <laughs> I was really happy about my haircut. Jesus, you people. In July of 2018, next year, Vanessa goes over some of her favorite Insta pics for People magazine, one of which was a photo of her and Austin celebrating after his first Broadway show. More support of Austin in his career. She is constantly lifting him up. And And talking about his... She has very big muscles. I'm guessing his muscles. Uh Very little. Little. In December of 2018, that same year, Vanessa is once again gushing about Austin in an interview on the red carpet before the premiere of her movie Second Act, a movie he did not promote. Oh, I will point see, out. That's the thing. Is you need to that's that's what they talked about in the paper was you need to be supportive, you need to be there for them, you exactly. need to be a source of stability and they need to be able to come to you when they need something. Right. Like for you to literally just be like go see her movie. <laughs> He's not at this premiere. <laughs> So, um, during this red carpet interview, she says, I mean, my, they supposedly asked about her date nights with Austin and she replies, I mean, my date nights usually don't consist of as many cameras and more clothes. I'm not freezing normally. He's a wonderful supporter though. I'm happy to have him here. I think it's so important to have a person who is your rock. Uh Uh-huh. Okay. In February, 2019, Vanessa posts a photo of them together with the caption seven years strong. In April, she posts them at Coachella again with the caption, so obsessed with this pic from Chella. And then in July, she posts a photo of them kissing with the caption, well, a day late, but happy hashtag international kissing day. You with couldn't some even make it on actual international kissing day? <laughs> Did she hear about they it were, too late? You know how affectionate they are? They were too busy kissing. <laughs> they didn't have the hands to spare. Oh my God. Later that month, it's announced that Austin was cast to play Elvis in an upcoming movie, and Vanessa hops on social media to to post the announcement with the caption, I am over the fucking moon! I can't wait! I'm so proud of my honey. All caps, lots of emojis. Which he's never... As well as sharing a clip of her performance in Greece where Rizzo makes a saucy comment about Elvis, which is so fucking cute. So she's putting so much effort into this, and it's like he has not done any of this for her. He is post... She's posting... She's boosting his career. Yeah. She is carrying this man. And literally, like, also the little Rizzo clip about yeah. Elvis. That's just so cute. Mm-hmm. Like, I just really think she's an amazing girlfriend. And I feel yeah. so bad. But I'm going to skip forward this because... It's kind of one-sided. It feels one-sided. And I didn't want to make her out to be, like, so down bad. So I'm going to skip forward because she's not short-winded about how much she loves him. So just know during this chunk of time I'm forwarding through, there are a lot of social media posts <laughs> she's just from her. effusive. Yes. About the relationship. They attend a bunch of amazing premieres and galas. Good for them. Congratulations. In September of 2019, we start seeing less relationship content. Which is okay. very obvious with how much she was posting. Seriously, yeah, there was a drop off, but she <laughs> still <a> cliff. <laughs> but she still goes on Instagram to praise his "Man About Town" cover, another career pushing. Right. And throughout October, she bu- posts a bunch of throwback Halloween costumes that she and Austin have worn together. Okay. On Halloween 2019, Vanessa posts what we now know as their last Instagram photo together. That sounds so dramatic. This sounds like a true crime podcast. (laughs) Yeah. This is the last photo we would ever Mm -hmm. see of them together. It's the death of their relationship. (laughs) It's a... And on Halloween. Spooky. It's of her, Austin, and their dog, Darla, the real victim in all of this. The caption says, Happy Halloween from my family to yours. 
Okay, that's like, I don't know, for for them, to, I mean, okay, so they're not married, right? Mm-hmm. So for them to refer themselves as a family and then she break up. is referring to true. them as a family. Okay. And this will come back later. I think we know who, who was the instigator here. They then spend the holidays apart. Okay. Sad. And in January, it's announced that they've broken up. Okay. Yeah. So at some point between Halloween and New Year's. And New Year's. They broke up. That is not that long a time. Like, what For happened? nine Yeah, nine years. years. Apparently, it was an amicable... I would, I would stick it out just to make it to an even 10, honestly. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. You're so close. It's already long distance. Yeah. Although, that'll come back. Apparently, it was an amicable separation. Question mark. I think. <laughs> I don't think it's ever truly an amicable separation, to be honest. There are even a lot of rumors that this is just a... That this was just a break. And that they were going to get back together yeah, soon. Yeah, that's called a separation. That's just another word for separation. And a lot of these rumors may stem from the fact the couple said they separated over scheduling issues and the difficulties that come with being in a long-distance relationship. Mm-hmm. In an interview before the breakup, Vanessa told Cosmo UK, It's eight years this year. FaceTime, good communication, respect, and trust are what keep us going. It sucks. You start hating hearing yourself say, I miss you. But if it's your person, you make it work. So she's saying they've been long distance for eight years. No, they've been together for eight years. Oh, Wait, so she's saying their relationship regularly sucks? I would not... No, just that the long distance... So here, I would. I just want to get, I want to reveal this to you because it's so, okay. I have some doubts on the fact that they broke up because they were in a long distance relationship because of another quote I took from that same interview where she's talking about how, how much it sucks to be long distance. Mm-hmm. The longest we've been apart was four months. Okay, that's barely long distance. That's actually just a long vacation. Apart. That is not long distance, no. especially when you have been in a relationship for Eight years. Well, okay, remember in the paper, actually, they said that in order to count as having been any long-distance relationship... Six months. It had to be six months. So, okay. Because four months is like a study abroad semester. Like, and they really also, nothing. they know it's not for an indefinite amount of time. It's to film a movie right. and come back. Right. I saw some rumors, and I really believe them. I think they're heavily substantiated by all we just talked about. Saying it was Vanessa who thought that this was just a break oh, rather than girl. a full breakup. And that she was a little blindsided by the split. Oh, that makes me really sad. But she maintains publicly that it was mutual and she's happy by herself and she has no ill will or bad feelings towards Austin. She even posted a bunch of cute pics reconnecting with herself and friends. And the first Valentine's Day pic after they split was a Galentine's Day pic of her celebrating with her friends. Okay. You know what, though? Like, she seems like a genuinely nice person. Yeah. And I can totally see her moving on and having this amazing support network and that's really what you need and i think also when you are in when you're in a relationship that spanned your 20s right you still have so much life left right you're barely 30 and i don't you think still vanessa, have so much friends exactly. and you still have so much more people to meet and, and let's be real she's vanessa kids, hudgens she doesn't have kids, she doesn't have kids. Right? they never so, got married they don't have to yeah. figure out a divorce um who's gonna be like vanessa's not gonna be hurting for a date right she's fine so, here's what's funny. I noticed that this was so Vanessa-heavy because I color-code all of my notes yeah. on Vanessa versus Butler versus Couple. And I could find next to nothing in terms... I looked because I was like, he had to have said something. And other than the ones that I Apparently included, not. the tweets, the posts, there's barely anything and right. nothing about their breakup. 
Nothing. Right. Aside from a few sparse posts while they're together, he seems very private about the whole thing. He did a red carpet interview, one or two over the years, where he said nice things about her. She's great. Literally. Vanessa? He wait, was like. Wait, Vanessa Hudge. Oh, Vanessa yeah. No, Hudgen. she's really nice. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> he said he loved her. I was like, okay, cool, dude. Do oh, you yeah. see what she's like, doing online? Like, like oh, yeah. I, lo- I love her. Yeah, I love her. <laughs> I have a theory on this, and I'm not a famous person, Yet. so maybe I'm reading into it and they're not this calculated, <laughs> Uh-oh. but Vanessa is so much more well-known than Austin that I'm wondering if this played a part in him not wanting to talk about it. What his, do you mean? His name is already so, so like, it's pretty much impossible to search for Austin without- I can't even remember his last name right now, so that checks out. Butler. Okay, Butler. But it's- it's pretty much impossible to search for Austin without Vanessa popping right. up. And this has been true the entire time they've yeah, been Yeah, no, working. when I searched her, all the yes. Google... Im- I mean, I searched him, all the Google images... She was in them. She was in them. Yes. Yes. And it's been true the entire time they've been working on dating. She got famous before he did. She yeah. shadows him so completely. Even I... I'm up to date with pop culture, I feel like, and I had no clue he was other than her Instagram. Right. So I'm wondering if he was careful not Wait, to... Wait, so she hasn't deleted the photos of him from her Instagram? I don't think so. Not at the time of this podcast being recorded. Hmm. So as of July 29th, 2021, <laughs> Vanessa Hudgens still has Austin Butler's photos on her Instagram. I'm wondering if he was careful not to publicly entangle his image so tightly with hers. So in the future, there could be a chance that he's known apart from her. Right. So I have to say the dynamics between a couple who met on a set where one was an extra, Austin, right. and one was the star of the movie, Vanessa, has to be complicated but even after that, it's not like Austin popped off the way Vanessa did. Right. Like, he didn't get as big projects as she did. And not only that, when he met her, she was dating her co-star, Zac Efron. See, the, I would think then that you'd want to post the more famous person more on your Instagram so that people would come and look at you and be like, oh, look, he's cute. We'll cast him. Maybe he really genuinely thought that he could and should become famous on his own merit. And so he didn't want to use her? I don't know. It's weird because that's what I would do. Maybe. Not to be creepy, but oh, I, if I was dating 100%. a famous person, they'd be they all over. all over, yes. Th- yeah. My social media would become dedicated to them. I would pull a <laughs> Haley Bieber and change my name to Haley Bieber. <laughs> I mean, she did. Oh, yeah, She'd okay. marry him first. Good for her. <laughs> so I'm not saying he's not talented. He's not, you know, he's not. He's gorgeous and he's successful. It's just hard to date someone so high above you in the industry that you're trying to make it in. Yeah. And just to add some perspective of their fame gap, as of right now, Thursday, July 29th, (laughs) 2021, Austin has 1.9 million followers on Instagram. Okay. Crazy. A million people? Almost 2 million people? Well, it's too bad that Vanessa has 41 0.7 0.7 million yeah. oh followers. God. Oh my god! And I they still how many people there are in the world. Sometimes there's so many. There's so many people. So many. And they still both follow each other, by the way, which I thought was interesting. Okay, that's nice. That's nice. So, genuinely, do you think that long distance was the reason no. that they? Yeah. No. I, I mean, mean, from an educate. I mean, you know, not to toot my own horn ring my own bell um but like no I've like you know we had we looked at this paper paper on long distance we know you know about how important communication is and I don't know it just it's still and I'm like I'm remembering that you had that comment from her of like it sucks and 
I just would never want to hear someone say that about their relationship. Um, I think she was saying a long distance sucks. Yeah, but and I don't and believe they him. were really in long distance because, again, you said the longest they nope. been apart was four months. That's ridiculous. That is not enough. That's not a long to, distance relationship. To, to, um, to have someone say, this is awful yeah and it's only four months and you know that they're going to be back and they're going to for their career to shoot a movie yeah um and they're famous enough that it's likely their schedules are fairly flexible that's what i'm assuming she could fly to new zealand right it's fine so like no i really don't think the long distance is the problem here i don't know what is i think he's really insecure what do you make of him what do you make of this whole like thing that she was doing on instagram and his response, that is crazy I, to me. I don't know. It could be, right, that she's just a more effusive person. Um, but I really don't know. Maybe maybe he just is more private. Because but he the fact that he did not terribly regularly. Right. But there are also all these artsy posts. And he has one up. Oh, he still has up the Vanessa photo. It's his very first pick. Is her. Yeah, that's the photo. No caption. With no caption. Look at the top comment. It's, I wish you two would get back together. <laughs> oh, my God. So, still, on his very own Instagram. Yeah. Like, so that kind of indicates to me, at least, that this was an amicable thing. Right. If they both have each still, other's photos and, they're and they still, still follow, follow each, each other, other, like, you know, it couldn't have been that bad. <gasps> Whoa. Breaking news. She has a little kissy photo up with a boy. A boy? I don't know who this boy is. I don't know who that is. Who's this boy? Oh, he's a, he's a sports person? He's so she's sports? dating someone new. Okay. I missed out on this. <gasps> Look how much she's on his Instagram! Oh, he has her heavily featured. She is all... She's getting the respect over that she deserves. this new boy's Instagram. Yeah. And she's looking... Look how cute the photos are that yep. he posts of her. He's... Ugh. Okay, so she's in a better place. Seriously. Good for her. Let's see if her photos are still up with Austin, though, because oh, now that God, she has so a curious. new guy. The breaking news, we are currently, the investigation is ongoing. I don't know why she would still have them up if she's dating someone new, to I be don't honest. know. You, you know it's a lot of work to go back. I'm next to you to have, like, a, an assistant do it. I don't. She has assistants, first of all. I don't see keeping up photos with exes if you're with someone new. I don't see any... Oh, she has many photos with the new boy. Yeah, she's posting him. She loves him. Wow, she's posting him a lot, actually. So Going she's back very into posting her relationship. Very far. Oh, wait. Are these the Halloween photos? I have, like, a touch of face blindness, so I really would not be able to recognize it's Austin. It's hard, actually, to recognize Austin. But I don't think she has... I don't think... I don't think the photos are up. No. I, I think, think she's she taken them down. down. Although they did send, say they spent the holidays separate from each other, but I'm seeing no so keep going. photos I mean, of Austin. I don't see a single one. No. To be fair, he's very hard to pick out of a crowd. Yeah, there's no... Is that him? I don't think so. Yeah, so she scrubbed hers. So she took down his photos. But she also had more photos of him. Yes. Than he had of her, so... It's true. And... Yeah, she has... There's He's not on he's there He's gone good she's with her new boy hopefully you have to move on hopefully the new guy takes her attention away from posting really weird videos about how covid isn't serious she does post quite a bit too i guess it makes sense she's a famous person oh 
she has since walked that back, apparently. Here's a how-to on how we beat the virus. Yes. And she turned comments off on that post. I would, too. TBH. I don't need that backlash in my life. Yes. She very much learned her lesson. This is what she looked like, by the way, in the video. She looked that crazy. Okay. She didn't have her makeup on yet, so she really looked... It was just... It was a little unhinged. Yeah. But she has since taken down her photos. He still has the only photo he ever posted of her ever over their nine-year-long relationship up. So I think that makes sense. God, she's fit. I love her. (laughs) But, you know... Okay, so now we know she's happely, you know, with someone else who is obviously not afraid to feature her on his social media and wants to. I noticed that they both had posted the same photos of, of themselves as a couple. Which is really Those cute. are the photos that she looked best in. Yeah. I bet you. Yeah. But also, I feel like I like her better with someone who is not an actor. Yeah. Because he's still pretty famous. He's a famous baseball player. Right. But I like her with someone who's not, I don't want to call him not a creative. But like, maybe even just not image obsessed. Yes. In the same way that actors are. Exactly. Because I think that did, that must have affected she and Austin. Yeah. How do you spend nine years being that, like, neutral on your own partner? I feel bad. I can't imagine it. And I don't know. It may be that he was just a very private person. But if they don't have the same values, that's a warning sign in itself. Yeah. And I feel like the one thing it's okay to not be super private about is your famous partner. When you're also famous. Right, exactly. Because, like, she is obviously a public figure. You don't need to post intimate but moments you can post, of yourselves together. Look at what she's in. Look exactly. at what she's doing. Like, or yeah. a caption on that photo, like, I'm so lucky. Right. Look how gorgeous my girlfriend is. Like, just acknowledging. Especially mm. since she's so effusive. She's posting that wonderful birthday message about how he's God's gift. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was a lot. So, more of the story is, we're, we're Team Vanessa. We are. I'm Team Vanessa. I hope that this new relationship... I mean, it's so cute. It looks really cute. (laughs) I really love her with this guy. What was his name? Cole? I love Cole. Oh, I didn't. I said Pittsburgh and I was like, oh, sports. So is is their new ship name because it was a, I guess it wasn't, what would their ship name? (laughs) Vanessa. They never really got a ship name. Vanol. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, Vol. Vol. Very cute. We love Vols. I like it. Save the Vols. I like it. All right. Well, I think we covered it. I think that... We're happy for Vanessa. Yep. Austin, you look great as Elvis. I don't believe that their relationship ended because of the long distance. No, I don't think I'm going to see the Elvis movie. I'm so sorry. Oh my god, hell no. And I also didn't see Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. No. So, good luck in your future endeavors. I will never see you again, Austin. This has been nice. This has been great. So, in our next episode, future episodes... We have a few good ones planned. Oh, yeah. I'm still working on that Pete and Ariana. Oh, my God. Because that turned out to be a, a deeper well than <laughs> I thought. Uh, but we have some other good ones in the mix. Yeah. You'll have to tune in to find out. Excellent. We'll see you all next time. Thank you.